Kimoy is 26 years old and he was deported to Jamaica from the UK in August 2016. He'd been living in the UK since he was 10 years old and his mother and his brother still live in Scotland. Kimoy was deported because of his criminal convictions, offences he committed when he was a teenager. While in the tabloid press, foreign criminals are constructed as monsters who should be deported at all costs. This interview offers a more complex and human portrait of a person who has been exiled from his home in the world. Kimoy lives in Jamaica now, and he's had a very difficult time since returning. In this interview, he looks back over his whole life, selecting the soundtrack which helps tell his story. Of course, Desert Island Discs on Radio 4 concerns the biographies of famous, successful and important people, not deported ex-offenders. There is something jarring too about asking Kimoy to imagine being deported to a desert island when he was, in fact, banished to an island over 4,500 miles from the place where he grew up, where his mother, his brother and his nephew still live. Jamaica is not a desert island, but holiday brochures do market the Caribbean as a kind of paradise. This paradise invites us to collectively forget the histories of slavery and colonialism which have led to our grossly unequal present. And deportation too requires this collective amnesia around Britain's history. Kimoy's story encourages us not to forget. Not to forget him and others like him. And not to forget that there are different ways to tell a story about a criminal, a foreigner and a deportee. Maybe first you can take us back to the early years of your life in Jamaica. Um, uh, thanks for having me. I was <laughs> <laughs> uh, born in Kingston, Jubilee Hospital, 93. My mum told me that when I was born, I was born sickly, so she had to take me back to the hospital. After that, the memories are kind of vague and all that. Some of them are only kind of got back from I've been back to Jamaica. I ran away a lot. <laughs> My dad's telling me all of this now. Yeah, we used to run away a lot and all of that. Um, so my auntie that we used to stay with, they sent us to this reform place. It was like a young prison kind of setting. And how old were you? I don't even know. I couldn't tell you it was reform school or fun or was that. I wouldn't say it was like a jail kind of setting, yeah. Or a secure unit kind of setting for young children. Yeah, secure unit would be well. Um, but my child was growing up was regular as anybody's, I suppose. And then you moved to England when you were uh, 10. Maybe you can introduce your second piece of, or first piece of music, really, um, uh, which is, yeah. Oh, yeah, by Gets Pre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that song. You listen to it, because I know that. Me, when I listen to music, it talks to me in it, so I don't want to explain it and then ruin the song for whoever is listening, so listen to it. Okay. And, yeah. I'm just seeing what I've seen. I'm just seeing what I've heard. I'm just seeing what I've done. I'm just seeing what I've learned. Before you criticise me. 
Don't send up a word. Don't send up a word. Don't send up a word. I've seen brothers die. I seen mothers cry. And as I see free, I wish police were colorblind. I almost never reached my full potential. But this kind of nigga became a butterfly. Now I mean, this kind of pillar became a butterfly. Summertime in the murder took a turn for the worst. Okay, so why did you pick that tune? Now we've heard a bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a bit where he says, not a bit, like the whole thing, yeah. It's mm. when I went to London, it was a whole new experience and all of that. But as a little kid at first, it was just this new place, new country, who are, and all these wonders. Mm. But then there was this difference between the way people look at you and the way and because I'm a big boy that people look at me like and yeah there's sometimes like and that's when I first got introduced to racism because mm. I when I first went to London we were living in Bromley but yeah they didn't really like black people too tough yeah the whole judging and all of that I can understand it. I've been through it where just even the colour of my skin. Mm. Where there's times when just getting stopped and searched just because of the colour of my skin. Could be coming from school, could be going to school, could be even on the road, whatever, whatever. There is times I'm not going to make it seem like, yeah, it weren't justified. There is times where it was, but there's other times where it was. That weren't really called for, like, if you check out the whole scene and all of that. There's one time a group of me and my brothers were coming from school and police stopped and questioned us and searched us and all of that. And it was like, but we're coming from school, like, what, what weapon do we look like? We're having? And it was like, yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah seven? seven, yeah, eight, okay. yeah. Called the school I went to, Kingsdale. Hmm. It was a mixture different from, like, Peckham, Brixton, Gypsy Hill, and Heath, Crichton, and sometimes it got a bit heated and like people, cool people and like, yeah, there's sometimes beef outside of school. So that's what I'm saying, there was times when it was justified, mm -hmm. but there was times when it just totally went. And at some point you began living in, in care? Yeah, that's, we used to bunk school. Um, one time my mother called me and my brother like, we bunk school and went to the library, yeah. <laughs> Don't know who bunk school to go to the library for. <laughs> we bunk school and went to the library. <laughs> but yeah, and it was Bromley Library. And they had like partitions for the computers. Mm. But it's back to back. We're sitting, me and my brother sitting at this computer. I think we're playing some silly game on mm. um, Minesweeper or some <laughs> silly, stupid game. Mm. And my mum was literally on the other side doing whatever she was doing at the library that time. And I don't know if she got up first or we got up or she heard her voice or something. I made her look and then, yeah, busted. But my brother had a lie and he just smoothed his way out of it. And I got a piece of beating that day, like I had my afro up. And in the library, like, jacked me through the library, jacked me down the stairs outside. And then some old man tried to tell her, oh, you can't cheat it. Can't cheat him. She's like, I'm happy. And when she gets back, she gets back. <laughs> so he's like, oh, yeah. And then after that, she's like, yeah, go back to school. And then, and then it was like, 
Oh no, Dustin, you know what? I'm running away. I can't bother this no more. I'm just running away. I'm a brother and I call. And just run away. Mm. And I went into care. But I think it was just a little rebellious thing. It weren't like no meaning back. But you know, when you do something and you don't know the implication that it's going to have or the mm. effect it's going to have. So yeah, I think it was like, bam, I was there and I'm just trying to. And then when it went, now and then they came and started asking questions and all of that. And got the police involved, it was like, oh. And I think my mum got arrested as well because of that. Well, maybe now's a good time to introduce your next song and then we can pick up a bit on the um, that, that age after. Yeah, this one is by another UK artist, K Coke, The Streets Raise Me. The reason why I picked that one is um, yeah, growing up when I was in care, I used to leave care, I used to leave the children home at like five, six, and then come back till one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, and just all over. But yeah, this song is just K Coke Street Raise Me. The streets raise me, the streets raise me, the streets raise me. The streets raised me. The streets raised me. The streets raised me. Growing up, it was a mad thing. Growing up, I never had shit. Remember sleeping on a mattress. Mummy ain't rich and nothing ain't happening. So man was on the strip getting money from a crack fee. Rolling with the man there. From a soldier to a captain. Man was fully active. Fully on the strap thing. Bully with the fully loaded magnum. Black hoodie in the shrubs on the gang thing. Dropping anybody at random. Anyone can get it, ain't nobody outstanding. That's how I grew up on the landing. That's how I grew up with the man them. Anyone can get it, ain't nobody outstanding. Cause I came from the school of hard knocks. Okay, so you're like 13, 14. Mm. Maybe all the way up until you were 16. What were you what were you doing in London? What was it like, London for you? London was like a playground, <laughs> yeah. And because of the different areas, because of the first, I was in foster care in Orpington, mm. and then because of a string of robberies on the bus and in the area, I kind of got kicked out. The people them kind of got a bit, they started sending some racial letters through the ladies' door. So we got moved and split up. My brother went to another foster care and I went to a children's home um, in Peckham and Nunnard. And yeah, it started chilling with the man in Peckham. I would say we were just being evil. We had too much time, too much energy and all oh, just so frustrated, but we weren't releasing in the right way. So any little disturbance, any little noise making, any little stupidness, like, yeah. And did you have much interaction with the police during this time? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, when I was explaining that not all of the time they stop and search me were mm. unjustified. Mm. There was times that, yeah. But even so, it was mainly to do with the colour of my skin. That's why you were getting stopped, you know? Yeah, because there was... There's a thing that the olders used to do. They used to walk around with a white boy or a white girl. And uh, 
they all have the drugs or the money or any incriminating thing on them. If the police pull up, they will keep walking. And the police officer will say, are you with him? Yeah, all right, wait right there. Or if you don't want to wait, you can go and they search the back. <laughs> it's really that obvious. But then they picked up on it and then they started. <laughs> Cut a mouse. Uh, yeah, basically. There was times when it got violent. Like, really violent. Like, you know, like that mob. Like, you and all your regions are there and they're just like, yeah, beat up that person and he's getting some licks. Something see, and then when you're done, you're like, what, is that really me? Yeah, there was a couple of those moments. Mm. And then you moved to Scotland when you were how old, and what was that about? 15 or 16. Okay. My mum got custody back of me, mm. and it was jail or Scotland. And to show you how bad I didn't want to go to Scotland, I said that I'd rather went to jail. But because she was older, um, uh, caring and thing there, yeah, she said Scotland. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So you went to Scotland and what, what was that like, adjusting from London to Scotland? I, 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 Scotland, I'm going to start off by saying I love Scotland to bits, that second home, anywhere in well. Yeah, it would be Scotland set up a house, family and everything. First, before I went to Scotland though, I thought it was just for the white people. <laughs> no joke, straight on. I thought it was just bare white people. I was going to be the only black guy in Scotland. And then it was like, yeah, them people, they were scared up there, innit? <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm not going to Scotland. And I went to Scotland and it was cold. <laughs> I'm like, yo, it's cold. <laughs> And I mean, cold at the London, just cold. Like we're in the yard, and it's like sometimes it's like, Mum, it's cold. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, no, no, it's cold. And then I remember this one time I saw this Asian girl, and I was excited as wow. I was like, right, there's a black guy that's coming. I don't know why. Oh. Yeah, but then like, after a while, when I first went to Scotland, I was on probation. Like probation for a year. And I had to go to this place and talk to these people. And I met, there's a woman that I met there. She introduced me to Pink and started making me listen to Pink as an artist and started rating Pink as an artist. Like, seriously, rating Pink as an artist. You sound like you're going to introduce a Pink song now, but you're not. I know, but like, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm like, wanting. <laughs> But yeah, it was, she was like one of those youth workers that was, yeah, a real person. Hmm. Like, no, like, even though we had the paperwork and the bureaucratic side, it was like, when I'm with you, I'm with you. When I'm with them, I'm with them. So the two don't mix. So it was like, yeah, I'd open up to her and it was, yeah. All right, maybe now you can introduce the next piece of music. Um, The next song is... Nas and Damien Marley, friends. Um, the you reason it? why <laughs> was even though Scotland was worse than London in some ways, mm. it was a lot better and like I made some B 
people that I would consider true friends anyway. So, mm. yeah, that's why. These little days in Babylon As I watch your children grow And the years them carry on And I miss you even more Still I send them go to school And tell them where them fi know While I'm a friend them me salute Daddy gun and then the screw Another year has come and passed Man I drop like man in you Uncle Warwick sick and gone When him couldn't get your flu Big a tea you want me done Respect long and overdue When nothing never did that one You still have on something new How our friendship ever lasts All when one minus from few Yes we surely had a blast, we're like family, me and you. I know every part you cross, lead to somebody we're true. Of the many that I call, only chosen is a few. Of the real friends that serve you long. Your memories might fade. Okay, so you're in Scotland and you were just telling us before I made you pick the next piece of music that you were um, out of trouble for a while. Mm, basically, yeah, and then. I got involved. I don't know if I attract trouble or if trouble attracts me. But yeah, I just met this dude on the bus one day and it's like, yo, what going on? He was listening to Crepton Conan. And I'm like, what you know about them man there? He's like, yeah. I'm like, that's my artist though. And I was like, yeah, is that yeah. The school I'm going to in Scotland, I was Hillhead, there's a group of black people, there's some Africans and some Somalians and that. They got a gang, they're from this place called Satyl. Brother I'm talking to on the bus, he's got a gang. And they're beefing with the people them that I go to school with. But I don't know none of this and then like it unfolds and it's like, oh, and I'm here in the middle of it and then Yeah, started going out clubbing. Like clubbing hard Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and this was at over 18s, under 18s, just clubbing hard. <laughs> like, literally, more times I was clubbing in my school class. <laughs> and you were still in year 11 or year 10? <laughs> they do, uh, what is it? Year 15. Three, S4. So you got in trouble again with the police? Um, yeah. Um, my mother and the landlord had a disagreement over some rent. Mm -hmm. That was, she's saying she ain't paying it because nobody was in the yard when the thing was, not when the thing was, nobody was in the house because she's going to be listening to this and she's going to be talking about uh, the use of the English language. <laughs> yeah, so they had a disagreement over the rent. <laughs> they had a disagreement over the rent. And uh, she was saying, yeah, she's not paying because nobody was in the house for the two weeks that you're demanding rent for. Hmm. But I spoke to the dude and I'm like, okay, how much is it now? I'll try and get it for you. And he went and done a little sneaky thing. Um, the way he tried to lock me out of the house, I had to kick the door off, didn't kick it off. He called the police. I got my stuff left. Like I said, um, then there came this job opportunity, so I was like, okay, I'll go do this. Um, and that was? Going to Aberdeen on a contract um, to build stuff. I'm lying, I went there to sell drugs. <laughs> you had me then, I was like, what? <laughs> I went there to sell drugs, yeah, basically. But, um, the cover story was, yeah, I went there looking for work. Now I've got a job construction 
one of my brethren had an uncle that actually done construction of it. But I just used them at our adjustment there to sell drugs. Um, I was babysitting somebody and then he went and got himself arrested. So then I started doing it. And then I handed it over to one of my brethren from Beckham. And like a couple of days later, we both got nicked. But before this all happened, there was a robbery in a shop in Glasgow where I allegedly committed the robbery, the offence. So when they kicked off the door and raided the flat and we were there, they got a name out of us because we were just messing about with them. They got my name and rent was like, oh yeah, you're wanted in connection with something that happened in Glasgow. Oh, I went to the police station, went to court, got reminded. Me and him sat down, spoke. Yeah, went back to court. He got bail because I had two basically offence against my name. And Which were robbery? Um, drugs and armed robbery, oh. allegedly. When I plead not guilty, the first case I had was the drugs not guilty to it but Aberdeen they have this kind of thing in their head where if they hear a London accent and that you're a drug dealer so when I took the stand I kind of sentenced my own self um, the robbery thing pled not guilty to that and they took my previous thing out in rec my previous record out in court and I think that kind of biased the juries um, so yeah all together, end up getting six and a half years. I applied to appeal both of them, got turned down, so it was like, oh, cool, I'll do my sentence then, innit? <laughs> Basically. So, yeah, I settled down to do four and a half years, which ended up being five because I never got my back data. Uh, Maybe you can introduce your next song after. Alright, the next song is by Stormzy and it's Mr. Skeng. To be honest, the reason why I chose this song is that these are the kind of music I was listening to Joe. Yeah, like it's Charlie Soft, Late Night Guy thing and Tim Westwood and them and then Radio One Extra. They got me through, yeah. <laughs> Every Saturday. They all piss me off. Had one chance, they missed the shot. I link up flips to me, burn your bridge, then we laugh about it and split the prof. Call me gunshot, my call Mr. Skeng. Check one, two, man, skits again. Dickhead you in a dickhead crew getting gassed up by your dickhead friends. I think I just got dissed again. Think I care who disoffends. Run up on my lap, build up. Slap that true on shit defense, and I can still get a box imported. Said, don't worry about the beef, it's sorted. My man said he's a real gun shooter. Then my brother said, rah, that's awkward. My man's never been bad, that's bullshit. Two weeks in the top 10. Then who called it? Christmas, I went to war the corporates. Like, big up the ones that bought it. I do rap, then I do grand, then I do rap, then I sing, then I go right back. They said you ain't gonna blow like that. Who gives a fuck, you know, like that? Ice in my cup, come cold like that. Whoa, we ain't even close like that. You know my style, know my stats. Don't talk bad if you don't talk facts. If I sign out, what's the buyout clause? One top ten, five sold out tours. Might fling a mixtape out when I'm bored. My life's okay, how about you? Okay, so you were 18 in Scotland and you went to prison for quite a long time maybe you can talk us through yeah, that time in prison it was at first 
a surreal experience. Mm. The whole environment and the things that people took parity over. Um, but at the same time, it was like going to school, going to the park and playing footballs with your friend, going around your friend's house when you used to go, sit in one of your friend's cell and just sit down and smoke and talk. Going to the gym, it's like a little gated community. But at the same time, obviously, you had problems. At one point, I was the only black guy in the jail, I think. Uh, you had Pakistanis and Indians, you had a Muslim, and then you had the white guys, and then you had the white guys fighting the white guys called, you had the Glasgow and the Neds. So anybody that weren't from Glasgow were Neds. So Edinburgh, Falkirk, anywhere, not Glasgow, Neds. Um, there was a few fights, some arguments, but there were also a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, a lot of fun memory. Met some nice people in jail, prisoners, guards, even the people that, the civilians that come in to work. And I learned a lot of lessons. And I learned a lot about myself. Like, yeah, it was an eye-opener. How did you feel? Because as a young person, you were about on the streets and you had your freedom and a lot of friends. How was it like to be kind of on your own? You weren't, that's what I'm saying, you weren't really on your own though. It was, at least for me, I weren't, I liked, I'm a loner. Or mm. I like to see myself as a loner. I didn't like the visits. I'd rather talk to people over the phone or write letters. But the visits was mm, too much. Or just like you're getting 45 minutes of news and then you're going to go back to and say, oh, that's all, and you're sitting there. And so I never really like the visit too tough. But it wasn't lonely, and I think even if it was, I think that's something that I needed because the personality that I have, I like to please everybody around me. So if I say, yeah, you're my friend and I respect you, and I do them as that, then I'll do anything to help you. Sometimes I'll put your need in front of my need. So then to go from having so much people around you to then being by yourself, it was a shock. But mm. I think that's what I needed, yeah. And you used to read a lot? Oh, yeah, read like crazy, read like, <laughs> wow. They used to call me the librarian. Like when other people had pictures and posters and shower gels, and all of them thing in there, so I had stacks of books and papers and like, yeah. I used to ask the officers to print stuff for me off a weekly, like special for stuff, yoga stuff, about the crusades, about the Taliban, about like research, cause I, doing a, I wrote something about if religion is a damage to society for one of my English tests. And like all the research and that, so there were just bare papers, bare reading material. I used to write raps, I used to write poems, I used to just write for the sake of writing. I used to be more arty, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, like it gave me that, to express myself. Like there was another way of expressing yourself without 
uh, no, he's looking at you because he doesn't like you, or he's talking about you, or it's like there's different avenues and you just need to, yeah, so. Mm. And maybe in that vein, you can introduce your next song. Um, the next song is by my favourite rock group, Fall Out Boy, and it's Champion. Um, the reason why I chose this song is it's kind of like the next period of my life was a bit <sighs> depressing. And this song kind of just gave me that little, the full album actually, like the other album, American Beauty, American Psycho, by Bad Boy album. But yeah, that just got me through it. And I'm back with the madness. I'm a champion of the people who don't believe in champions. I got nothing but dreams inside. I got nothing but dreams. I'm just young enough to still believe, still believe. But young enough not to know what to believe in. Young enough not to know what to believe in. Okay, and so you spent a long time in, in prison. You spent your 19th, 20th, 21st, mm. 22nd birthday there. Given you a Jamaican national, what happened next? Um, one of the officers told me that I was a pod, a person awaiting deportation. And I just kept laughing him off, like, okay, pal. Um, and then I thought about it, like, could they deport me? And I was like, no, they can't. So it was like, I couldn't bother. And then they sent a paper for me to reinstate my passport. And it was like, I'm not even doing this because why am I going to make you like, give me a passport so you can deport me? So it's like, no. But anyway, um, one of the chaplain, Donald, got me an immigration lawyer. And the day I was meant to get released, all excited and all bubbly and like, yeah. And how long have you been in now? <sighs> About the last quarter of 2011 until 2016. Nearly five years? Yeah. And then... Sorry, go on, you're saying you're excited. The first, the day like I was all excited, was that I woke up. I don't even think I slept properly that night. It was like I woke up. It was like yeah, and it's like wow. Walking up and down in the hall, saying bye to the man and cleaning out myself, giving away stuff. Smoked a one two, local zubies and all of that. It was like yeah, man and my coming sitting talking to me like yo. You've been in this cell through my whole sentence, you know. Like, you've been in this one cell for like three and a half years and everything, there, and I'm like, boy. <laughs> boy, like, it got cozy and everything. It was like, yeah. And the way they started talking, it was like, you're not going to make me get emotional and all of that. It was like a mad touching moment. Mm -hmm. And then 
time come for me to go on the line, no, there's a van coming to pick you up. But they were being evasive about it at first. And then they put me in a room and spoke to me and it was like, yeah, you're getting Don Gable. So it's like, okay, show me a picture of Don Gable. One on the computer. Are you sure that's where they're sending me? That's what they're... Okay. So waited, the van came. Man, them heard what happened, so they're like, oh, right, you're going to need this, you're going to need that. So, shower gel, deodorant, toothbrush, like everything, just bam, 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 some socks and everything. Gave me some bit of weed, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to need that too. So, that's gone, and there's some cigarette in case they need cigarette, and that, that's, yeah. So, it's like, I, it was slack, it was relaxed, it was, yeah, I got a phone, I could call who I'm calling. I had a work party, I was in the kitchen, I was nice, I went to the gym, I trained, at first I trained this little Vietnamese, not this little Vietnamese woman, this Vietnamese woman, Van, beautiful woman. I trained her, and then trained some other Vietnamese brother, and then trained some Albanians and all of that, like, with the gym thing. Mm. So then, but after a while now, the magic of the place started working. So, because you haven't got a lip date like Joe to look forward to, and you don't really know when you're getting out, you're stuck in purgatory. Mm. So then now is that this your soul starts seeping out, and it don't matter how much time you do something, unless your resolve is really strong, is that or how many times you try and invent different ways to do the same thing, you just start getting bored. Mm. And it's like, oh, football again, go to the gym again, oh, listen to music again. And then the depression start coming in and this, and then they played with you and went for bill, never got bill. Like, I go, forget it. You know? And then, um, yeah, just started getting depressed. Now I was getting pissed off because of the unfairness of it. I'm like, I go, I done my crime and I done the time. And then, the whole unfairness of that, I got out of jail. And then you put me in another jail. Mm. And this time it's not even like I've done something in jail. You're telling me always because I went born here and rated there and all them things there and that. But I swear the whole point of the system that you set up is to rehabilitate people. You didn't give me a chance to show you I was rehabilitated or not. You just mm. clutched me and went, yeah, there you go. And then the unfairness even got further because it was like it was, there was no order to it. It was just random. If the caseworker is in a good mood today, yeah, go, go. Bad mood this week or this month, no. Man. And it's that like, then the people them that were getting bailed, it was like, but that brother dead serious? And what, you got me still here, you got him still here, you got... And it was like, wow. Maybe this is a good point at which to bring in your next piece of music. Um, the next song is B.O.B.E.T. Like, yeah, when I came back to Jamaica, that's what I feel like, basically. Yeah, that's alien. Basically, I'm an alien to y'all, I guess. I'm speaking in different languages than y'all, I guess. 
All you know is my alias is all. I stepped into the Hall of Fame and put my frame on the wall. I'm like a Michelangelo painting that hangs in the vault. They gated me off by Hendrix while he plays the guitar. Never had friends, but me and Franklin was dogs. Somewhere between insane and famous, guess my brain's a little off. I'm, I'm in the basement having dangerous type of thought. I pace for hours, hit the fucking vaporizer and cough. Kill everything I see and leave behind a mountain of chalk. I took the hand that I was dealt and made a house out of cars. You can't compare me to anyone. Swag on every official one. Blowing purple crop circles. Pack as loud as an intercom. Anti-gravity moon suit. Went from being who are you to chilling with the who's who. Paranoid or more than story tales and science fiction. Sleeping with a fat burner like I'm trying to watch my figure. Wanna cut me out the picture? Get some bigger scissors. I, I stopped shitting on these niggas, but I never been a quitter. Yeah, so join the B.O.B. hate fest. I would say fuck you, but I practice a safe sex. Signing off, young Jedi on the red eye rap. God, I should have my own prayer line. Amen. Ravens. Like I don't belong. I feel like I don't belong. Like I don't belong. Like an extraterrestrial. And so you were saying that song about being an alien relates to your feelings since coming back to Jamaica. So maybe you can go back to the flight and, and oh, you're getting oh, sent yeah. back, really. Oh, sorry about that. I missed no, that, that bit. Oh. Um, yeah, so got get deported was all a big fuss. It was that some special agent thing. I got phoned or I got told I needed to go see immigration. Went to see immigration, sat down. Slid a paper across the table, said that was my ticket. I'll be going to Montego Bay. I don't nah, I don't live in Montego Bay. Hmm. That, so he sent me to Montego Bay. Where are you from Kingston? Oh yeah, well you're getting Montego Bay in it. I gotta go. Well, I went from Dungay, which was in Scotland. The process took a couple of days. Hmm. Cause my mum and my lawyer were trying to fight or see if they could fight it. I moved from Dungaver to one that's in Birmingham and then spend the night there from one that's in Birmingham moved to um, Brookhouse. And Brookhouse was okay. It was a bit tormenting because it was right beside the airport and my cell you could literally look out and see the pilots and then people that coming in for work because it was outside the parking lot. Mm. And you can hear the plane flying. Taking off, landing, and it's like some real psychological torture. Mm. And then there's people there that, when it was my turn to go, they moved me from that wing to another wing. So I was closer to the plane, they said. And then the day came, and I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I weren't ready, because I didn't know what I was expecting. But it was that uh, as far as being in England go, if you don't want me in your country no more, that cool, innit? That cool. So when the escorts were there and it was uh, all nice and everything, just being polite, they were being nice, so I was being nice back. Certain liberties that they would have taken with a more hostile person, a more loud person, they didn't take with me where stuff was like written where I had to be cuffed while going on the plane or before takeoff and all them thing there. Yeah, but after that, I was on the plane like I was flying back or flying to holiday or something. 
like yeah the as soon as the plane take took off it was like mm, i was watching some movies talking talking to the stewardess and all that and like they were like oh so what you do when you go back to jamaica in my head i was literally gonna roll a spliff and sit on the beach and smoke and just <sighs> that's all and from i've been to jamaica i still ain't done <laughs> I've been to the beach, but I still haven't just, and that breath, like, well, I weren't really, I didn't, it didn't hit me. It was just, mm. yeah, I'm on the plane, I'm going back, calm, and then the old holiday picturesque image that they have, the postcard image of Jamaica, that's the image I had in my head. So it's like, Jamaica, yeah, man, no problem, yeah, you get me, we were so get off the plane and then this police officer come, no, the woman them, bad attitude, straight off. So I'm there and it's like, I really don't know what I'm doing, so where am I signing, where am I? A police officer come down and he's telling me, apparently I can't just walk out of the airport and go on the beach and smoke weed and sleep because they don't know me, I could be any kind of criminal and did it dum dum and this and that and I'm like, okay, so, because I never had nowhere to stay. Uh, I think he got in contact, but there was some arrangement made. I got picked up by NODM and dropped off at Open Arms. And boy, that is just like a whole different chapter. And you... Yeah, that's just a mad one. Do you want to play the song and then tell us a bit more about that chapter? Or do you want to... Yeah, let's yeah. play the song. Have for, a little think about yeah, it. Yeah, All right, so this song... You can just. This it. one is Rick Ross, Apple of My Eye. And the reason for this one is there's a lot that I've told you, there's a lot that I haven't spoke to you about, but there's also a lot that I would want to do, not just for me, but for my mum and for. Yeah, listen, you know what? Just listen to the song. The same as the intro, just listen and you get it. <laughs> Just being somebody that the neighborhood respected That my mama could be proud of Was the apple of my eye That's all I ever wanted Just, just being something, man So at that point, what else could you ask for? Music. Tears running down the nigga face In a room full of failures, I feel out of place Still sleeping on the floor when you deserve better Got you reeking through the cold even in warm weather I told Meek I wouldn't trust Nikki. Instead of beefing with your dog, you just give him some distance. We all make mistakes, let's not be too pacific. But like I'd rather be a killer than be a statistic. I never fold, no, I never ran. On my soul, I roll like an avalanche. I thank the Lord I got some great friends. That's why every bottle I open, I say amen. Just had a seizure at the Super Bowl. Okay, so we haven't got too long left, but maybe you can tell us a bit about what you were starting to say there, which is Open Arms, which is a oh, yeah. place you live in. All right. Up until Don Gable, I've been tested physically, mentally, in a lot of institutions, care, foster home, secure unit, police station. Before I was at Pullman, I went to different cons jail. Mm. Me and my mum had a joke that I was taking a tour of Scotland while through the jails. Um, but what I got when I came to Jamaica was totally like, 
mind fucked. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the swearing, but that's the best thing I can put. It's the complete picture I had Jamaica got turned upside down and it was at one point every morning I got up out of my bed it was like I was holding on. I used to wake up every morning and it was like I don't even want to get up out of my bed and I'm gonna get up and it's just gonna be like some idiot's gonna just ruin Jamaica more for me. It's like what's the point? So you said you were living in open arms, what what is that? Oh, Open Arms is a madhouse. <laughs> but it's a shelter, right? No, it's a madhouse. <laughs> it's a fucking madhouse. It's not no shelter. It's not no... The advertisement that they give it is it's a shelter, yeah? Mm. But, no, nah, it is a shelter, but it's a madhouse still. <laughs> yeah, Open Arms is... It's a homeless shelter, but they also home the porties. Mm. And yeah, but most of the people them that's been there is like from Bellevue or mad or going mad or been mad. And it's, oh gosh, I'm gonna go mad. In. And I actually thought at one point I was going mad. And I was like, no, please don't say that you didn't. And I was talking to God, like earnestly talking to God, like, he did not send me to Jamaica to tell him mad, so do not play with me. And he's like, no. And the whole, when I first came, the country was mine. Nobody couldn't tell me Jamaica ain't mine. They could say, oh, you're a foreigner, and then, and then. And I'll tell them about their mum who took a sucker, who nothing got sucker, and just as bad as they would do to me. Because when I first came, he's like, yeah, I'm back home, I'm inheriting what's mine, and you know that inner power, like, yeah. And then, like, when I started seeing, like, the real inner city living and the inner city and the mentality and... Or I wouldn't even say the inner city, in, in open arms. The whole mentality, the whole thing, and it's like, wow, if this is Jamaica, I really don't want to go to Jamaica. I'll jump on a plane and leave. But... Then I started going places and I was like, no, that's not Jamaica, that's just a little bubble, that's just a little dome, but yeah, it's a mad, mad place. But even saying all of that, for any deportee that's getting deported, if they want nowhere to stay, I would recommend they stay there. If it don't drive them mad, then they'll do great in Jamaica. If it drives them mad, that means they're not ready for Jamaica. Plain as simple as that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we've speak to, spoken a bit over, um, so we don't have another song, but just to say thanks, and maybe you can firstly pick, if you can, the one song that you would say is the most important or the one that you'd prioritise on your desert island. I'd probably say Gets Pray. Yeah. Okay, and then... You, I'm going to give you a, the complete works of Shakespeare, a Quran and a Bible. Okay. And then you have to, you can take another book with you. What book would you take? Can I trade in the complete works of Shakespeare? Go on then. For War and Peace. By Tolstoy? Yeah. 
Cool. I've always wanted to read that. I started. It's massive. I know. I started <laughs> like a little summary, but I've always wanted to finish it. Um, it's a good one to take. Um, the other book I would take. Oh, oh I see what you're doing here. You're sneaking uh, up good. No, the other series of book I would take. Yeah. Would probably be the Games of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. The series. Yeah, like I would sit and read those over and over. <laughs> And then finally, what luxury item would you take? Probably something musical, like a know, device okay. that store music. But I'll have to consume the battery, obviously. But like once in a while, I'll just rock out. That's that like Friday night, one man party. Like, I used okay, to do yeah. that myself. <laughs> <laughs> so like a ju- like a jukebox or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, not a jukebox. Something that got a mad amount of space. Okay. Yeah, you can take that. Yeah, I'll let you just, take that. You got a, you got yeah. And I'll pop out every Friday night. Like, yeah, <laughs> what, <my> what's, <laughs> what's a Friday gonna mean on a desert island? Anyway, thanks for talking with me. Thank you for giving the opportunity to talk.